This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Michael Kalstrup and Fellowship Church. For more information, visit us at www.thefellowship.church. So, let's get right after it. Let's open our Bibles to uh, Romans chapter 8. Romans the 8th chapter, if you can find your Bible device or whatever. I'm going to do a good study in the Word of God. Pretty stirred up about this for myself anyway. Excited about sharing it with you. I believe you'll be blessed as soon as I find it. Hallelujah. <clears throat> Praise God. You're so quiet. Huh? Such a quiet group, honey. Need them to get them to shout unto God with a voice of truth. All right. Well, anyway, Romans chapter 8, you find it? Let's, uh, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you tonight. So grateful for your blessing, Father, in each and every one of our lives. And Lord, we just thank you for the privilege that we have just to pause for a moment, Father, and look into the perfect law of liberty. So grateful for all that you've done, Father, through Jesus and having given your Son, Father, so that we could not only live, but God, we could enjoy the very indwelling presence of you yourself. So Father God, I thank you uh, for helping us tonight, teaching us, Father, so that we can listen more carefully and cooperate with the Spirit of God that's within us for the success, for the victory, for all the things that you have preordained before the foundations of the world for your glory. So, Father God, we thank you for your grace. We thank you for your blessing. We thank you for your goodness in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. I want to, I want to begin, first of all, with this verse of Scripture. We're going to, we're going to go around the horn here in some of the things that I want to talk with you about. Um, but let's just read this Scripture as a text, and then we'll We'll go from there. I want you to notice with me in Romans chapter 8. It's a familiar portion for most of you, I'm sure. But notice in verse 14, the Apostle Paul said that for as many as are led, everybody say led, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Then in verse 16, it says that the Spirit, King James used the word itself. Actually, the Holy Spirit is not an it. He's a he. Huh? So we could say it more appropriately by saying that the Spirit himself bears witness. Everybody say bears witness. Yeah, bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And, you know, uh, I, uh, well, we had Gary Crowell come, and, and I, would, I had talked to you about the fact that I felt like in 2020 that, you know, it, it's, it was going to be a year of divine guidance, so that's one of the reasons why I invited uh, Gary and his wife, Connie, to come and, and uh, communicate. And I would really encourage you, if you have the chance, to get back onto the podcasts that we have, you know, that are available to you at the website and uh, re-listen to some of those things and just let that uh, word sink down uh, into your heart and uh, so that we can really capture what it is. I believe the Spirit of God's trying to tell us. He used a verse of Scripture in Psalm 32.8 that says, I will, the, the Lord is speaking, he says, I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way which you should go. I will. God said, I will instruct you and I will teach you in the way that you should go. I will guide you with mine eye. Or we could say, he said, um, the marginal reference in my Bible says, I will counsel you and my eye shall be upon you. Um <clears throat> Another translation, uh, English Standard says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my eye upon you. And then finally, the living tr- uh, New Living Translation says, the Lord says, I will guide you along the best path for your life, and I will advise you and watch over you. How many of you believe tonight he wants to do that? I tell you, he really, really, really does. You know, and, and I tell you, probably the most important thing I want to share with you tonight is the importance of you and I learning to cooperate with him and know him in a way so that we really can enjoy heaven's very best, uh, not only in this life, but in the life that is to come. So 2020, a year of divine guidance. And, and I just want to say to you, you know, when I was praying back in October, and this came up on the inside of me, I just really felt like it was such an incredibly uh, critical time for the church to really learn how to be led by the Holy Spirit. 
and not be led by their flesh, not be led by the things, you know, that are often dictating or controlling people's lives. And, um, um, and, and it wasn't so much in the context of thinking about, um, you know, not really dealing with, say, difficult times or uncertain times, because, you know, the Bible says that in the last days um, that we're living in perilous times. Perilous times shall come. So, so I get that and I understand that, but the context is more about the decision-making processes that you and I are making as individuals about our lives and where it is that God wants us to go. And really, those choices, those decisions that we make, they, they, they genuinely, you guys, they genuinely mean the difference between victory and defeat or success and, and, and failure. So it becomes important for us to, to learn all that we can about that. And also, you know, for the church and even the believers, you know, I mean, the spiritual dynamic of you and I being led by the Spirit of God to impact the world that is around us uh, becomes another important context of, of this whole thing about His divine guidance. And so I want to talk to you a little bit about it because last Wednesday night, uh, I had a planned message. You know, we were going to pray together and things, but I kind of got interrupted by the Holy Ghost in dealing with this issue of anxiety. And, uh, you know, when Jesus talked about the, the last days, he said that a lot of people's hearts would fail them and for fear of the things that are coming on the earth. So I could just tell you right now, you know, if you don't have your eyes on the right thing, um, life's probably not going to be that enjoyable. But I will say this, that if you have your, th- your eyes on the right things, that praise God, God will not only see you through it, but he'll put you over in it. Hallelujah. And give you the victory that you need. But we really do have to uh, look to him and talk to him. Because one of the things Jesus said, we don't have time to get into the, the, the depths of its context, but in the uh, 24th chapter of Matthew, he, he told his disciples, he said, you will uh, uh, hear of wars and rumors of wars. And then he said, see that you be not troubled. Maybe you ought to look at that in your own Bible. Turn to Matthew chapter 24 real quickly with me because I just want you to see it for yourself and, and look at what it is that's being said here um, because it's an important point uh, for us to understand uh, because after all, Jesus is telling us what, what it is that we're supposed to do. He talked, as I mentioned, a lot of things his disciples are talking about the end of the age and the end of the world and so on and so forth. And, and he's talking about that. And Jesus, uh, well, look at verse 4. <clears throat> well, I'll start with verse 3. <laughs> as he sat upon, the, uh, sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately and said, tell us, when are these things going to be? What shall be the sign of your coming in the end of the, end of the world or the end of the age? Then Jesus answered and he said to them, I want you to be careful that, so that no one deceives you. Take heed that nobody deceives you. Then he goes on to say, for many shall come in my name saying I'm Christ and they'll deceive many people. Now notice verse 6, he said, and you shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. Now listen, see that you be not, what's that word? Troubled. See that you be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. And Then he goes on and uh, does some more instructing about what's going to happen. So what I want to try to focus in on on in the context of all of that is what it is that Jesus told us in the context. He said, see that you be not troubled. Now, when you hear wars and rumors of wars, and I mean, we've, we know that the United States has been involved in a war for over 17 years, and it hasn't been in our, our land, but nevertheless, it's occurring. There's, all, there's been all kinds of things that are going on in the world today, you know, different things that are disconcerting. I mean, there's, I mean you, you really ought to thank God you live where you do, because there's, most of the world is in upheaval, and there is no peace. And so we can be so thankful, very thankful for that. But so he said that you're going to hear these things. You're going to hear about rumors. You're going to see all these things. We hear this all the time. What's going to happen to North Korea? What's going to happen to China? What's going to happen? You know, all these different kinds of things. And in in that context, couched within that, Jesus is telling you and me as believers, he said, I want you to make sure that you are not troubled. You see that you are not troubled. Now, 
The question is, how do we make that happen? Huh? I mean, how do you do that? He just said, see that you be not troubled. Well, okay, we can take him at his word. You know, evidently he was just saying, you know, this isn't something for you to concern yourself uh, uh, with. But on the other hand, you know, these things can have an, they can impose or they can affect our personal lives, can they not? And that, of course, is what causes us sometimes to become anxious or to become troubled. So again, how does that work? How is it that we come to a place of not being troubled? And and let's forget about the external concerns that maybe he's describing here. Let's just talk about your personal concerns. Because the reality is, is that Jesus would rather that you treat those the same way that you do with the external stuff. See that you be not troubled. But again, the answer or the question is, how does that happen? So I want you to turn to John's gospel, chapter 14. John chapter 14. Look with me, if you would, please. Verse 27. Again, Jesus, not, not Pastor Mike, not some talking head, not some preacher from I don't know where, but Jesus said this in the 27th verse. He said, peace I leave with you. Now, who's he talking to? Talking to his disciples, isn't he? How many disciples do we have here tonight? Well, okay. So what he's saying, he's saying to you as well, he's saying, peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you, not as the world gives, give I to you. Now again, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. So again, we are being admonished by the master himself. When he said, you know, you'll hear of these wars and rumors of wars, see that you be not troubled. And then we read this scripture and he says, I'm leaving you with my peace, not the world's kind of peace. The world's kind of peace is as long as everything's okay, you know, and nothing's really troubling me or whatever, I'm all right. He's not talking about that. He's talking about the peace that passes all understanding so that when in the midst of adversity, test, trial, or trouble, thank God, we can still be at peace. And the reason is, is because we know that God is on our side and he's for us in the midst of that problem. You know, Jesus ran into some stuff, you guys. But I tell you what, he dealt with it the same way he expects you and I to deal with it. And that is that he knew his heavenly father. And he knew that his father was for him. He knew that his father heard him. He knew, praise God, that he was on his side and that he would put, his, put, put Jesus over in the ministry to which he'd called him and the natural things of this life as far as providing for him and so on and so forth. So thank God you and I can do the same thing. Can you say amen? So he said, my peace I leave with you. Peace I leave with you, my peace give I to you. Let not your heart be troubled, and neither let it be afraid. Now, it's interesting because I want you to see the context in which he makes this statement. So back up just one verse. He said, but the comforter. That's great, man. I mean, think about the description he gives of the Holy Ghost. But the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, He's going to teach you, hallelujah, all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatever I've said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace give I to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. So I'd like to suggest to you this evening that there is a connection between you having peace and the Holy Ghost, okay? His indwelling presence in you. And the reason I say this is because, you know, if you're born again, you're a child of God, he's in you. His peace is in us. Now, unfortunately, what often happens is, is because of these external kinds of threats, if you want to call them that, that come our way, instead of looking to the greater one that's in us and what it is that God has promised, we'll often say, Lord Jesus, what am I going to do? Well, he would probably say exactly what we just got done reading. My peace give I unto you. You know, in other words, he's asking you and I as believers to cooperate with the Holy Spirit that is in us in times of anxiety, in times of worry. I mean, think about this with me. Have any of you ever worried about anything? Huh? 
I mean, have you ever had days on end where you're worrying about something? Maybe you're doing that right now. I don't know. Sure, we all have. But you know what? You're still here. Are you listening to me? Praise God. And so it's important for us to get a hold of what it is that he's talking about because the indwelling presence of the Holy Ghost is the one, he's the one who provides the peace. Are you with me? He said, when the comforter, he said, comes, huh? The comforter comes. He will guide you into all the truth. He'll bring all things to your remembrance, whatever I've said to you. And he, and he told us who he is. He's the Holy Spirit. So again, the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit provides peace. And again, we need to learn how to cooperate with him. Now, how does he lead? How does the Holy Spirit lead? Because I tell you this much about it, we need to learn how to cooperate with the Holy Ghost. We need to know how it is that he leads. Well, first of all, he's always going to lead us in line with God's word, okay? So, you know, if you're wondering, you know, if this is the Holy Spirit or whatever, if it doesn't line up with the Bible, if it doesn't, you know, agree with the Bible, then it's not God because the Spirit and the Word agree. I used this illustration um, the other day um, about a young man in our Bible study who came up to me and and we were the leaders of the Bible study, and he asked a simple question, what do you think about dating unbelievers? Well, <clears throat> at the time, I hadn't, you know, sometimes people ask you questions and it catches you off guard. I mean, you're not, you're not prepared, if that's the right way to put it. So I didn't really know what to answer to him, okay? But while I was there, standing there, all of a sudden, this question came up on the inside of me. How many of you know Jesus so often would ask, you know, answer a question with a question? Yeah. And so, I mean, this wasn't my wisdom, but just out of the inside of me, you know, this thing comes floating up into my consciousness. And I said, I don't know. What do you think? And the reason is, is because he already knew. And the reason that he already knew is because the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and 14, to not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. It goes on and it says, what fellowship has righteousness with unrighteousness and you know, so on and so forth, you know. And, and so it's clear that, you know, how many of you know the Bible is not intended to, to punish us? It's not intended to cause harm or uh, anything of that nature. The Bible is intended to help us. So here's a young man. You know, I tell you what happened. He emotionally you know, got involved with this girl and he liked her and she liked him and all of that, you know, that goes along with it. But, but those emotions that, that were, um, for a lack of a better way of saying it, controlling him ended up becoming his demise. Are you with me? Because he knew that this was not going to be a good thing. Well, he went ahead and married that girl, but he only, la- it, I mean, the marriage only lasted, a, I don't know, a couple of years, if that. Because, you know, you can't put oil and water together. And the truth of the matter is, is that if you're going to have a life that Jesus wants to give you, then praise God, you've got to find somebody that is of like precious faith, that has the same spirit of faith, that loves Jesus just like you do. Now, I know, and I realize sometimes that can be a hard proposition, but I'm telling you what, God can bring them if they have to do it all the way from Norway. Isn't that right, honey? Glory to God. You know, she was in a couple of relationships, you know, and they were good guys, but they, they didn't want to walk with Jesus. They didn't want to be a follower of him. I mean, they said it, you know, and, and like I said, good guys, but, you know, just not all in. And so she had to have the character to say, you know what, this isn't going to work. And that was hard. And then all of a sudden, Boaz <laughs> showed up, <laughs> you know. And everything changed. And she had to wait. Yes, that's true. But I tell you what, praise God, she's got a gem for a husband that loves her with all of his heart. Are you with me? So she's not going to go through a bunch of, you know, all kinds of hell, if that's the right way to describe it, you know, because of getting into a situation where people weren't all driving down the same track. Are you listening to me? How many of you are glad you came tonight? 
Amen. So these things are important for us, you know. And, and again, let me, the reason I'm, at, I'm using this illustration, how does he lead? He leads in line with the Word of God. So when you know what the Bible has to say, you don't have to ask Jesus to talk to you about it or send some angel or whatever the case might be. You just need to hear the Word of God, understand what it says, and do it. Are you with me? Like, for example, you know, the Bible says to provide things honest in the sight of all men. But a lot of times we'll get into dealings with people, you know, we want to, we just want to shave it a little bit, or we want to, you know, take advantage here or there or whatever, you know. And when those temptations come in our lives, we need to resist them, hallelujah, and take the high road. You know, you might, you might be advantaged in that moment, you know, where maybe, for lack of a better way of describing it, you maybe took advantage of uh, uh, individual or whatever, but I'm telling you what, the tail end of that is not going to be good. But if I take the high road and I do everything righteous and I do everything right, then I have a place before God that when my needs are there, he will provide for them. So you might get a little advantage right here and then all of a sudden you have a dry spell and nothing's happening. You got nothing going. Or you can do the right thing and God just piles it on as you go down the road of life. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Hallelujah. Are you with me? So it's important. Same thing's true, you know, even in our relationships with husbands and wives. I mean, God, and, and the reason I say that is the Bible says husbands love your wives. The Bible says wives, you know, show respect or defer, or however you want to put it, you know, uh, to your husbands. I didn't make the rules, dude. Okay but I know how to live within the confines of what it is that he said because I know that's where the blessing is. Are you with me? So people argue, you know, and they, and we've got so much stuff going on, you know, within the, the uh, culture that we're living in that people are so screwed up, they don't know which end is up. Are you listening to me? And the reason is, is they completely departed from the principles that are found within the Bible. So unless they come back to that, unless they repent, then they're just going to have problems. Hallelujah. So the Spirit, the Word, they agree. And that is why it's so important, you guys, for all of us to let the Word of Christ dwell in us richly. Get into the book and let the book get in you. Hallelujah. So thinking about this a little bit, and this is what's so wonderfully dynamic about this, and that is what you and I have. How many believers do I have here tonight? Well, I tell you what, if you're a child of God, you are way ahead of the game. Hallelujah because of the Spirit of God dwelling in you. If you're born again, He dwells in you. Glory to God. We have the Spirit on the inside of us to lead us and to guide us. Now, there are different ways in which He'll do that. But I mean, you know, the Scripture we used as a text said, the Holy Spirit bears witness with our spirit that we're the children of God. In other words, how do you know that you're a child of God? Because I know he dwells in me. Hallelujah. I mean, somebody could say, you know, well, you're, you're not a child of God. I mean, you weren't baptized the way that I was or we baptized or whatever. But, you know, I just laugh at them. Why? Because I have the confidence in me that I know, even though I wasn't baptized the way they think they're, that everybody's supposed to be, I'm still a child of God. Are you listening to me? So that wouldn't, be, that wouldn't be anything that would talk me out anything because, his, because he's in me and he's in you. Hallelujah. And we just need to learn, praise God, to cooperate with him. Turn to, uh, well, let's see, are you in chapter 14? Yeah, you sure are. Let's back up here a little bit. Look with me here again. Notice what he says. Jesus is speaking. He said in verse 15, if you love me, then keep my commandments and I will pray or ask the Father and he'll give you another comforter, one of the same sort, that he may abide with you for how long? Forever. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, some of your Bible translations will say cannot accept, okay? Because the world sees him not, neither knows him, but thank God you know him, for he dwells with you and shall be where? In you. In you. In you. Hallelujah. Everybody say it together. He's in me. Yeah, he's in you. Glory to God. And that's what I want to do tonight is I really want to just kind of heighten your awareness or consciousness of his indwelling presence and, and that we as believers start to look to him. Hallelujah. 
and, and to train ourselves, you know, to look to the Lord when it comes, not out here, but in here. What is it that the Holy Ghost is saying? Are you listening to me? Hallelujah. And it would eliminate a lot of problems that we have if we just do that. So he goes here and says, for he dwells with you and shall be in you. Now drop down to verse 23. Jesus said to the same disciples, well, actually he was talking with one of them, Judas, uh, not Iscariot. He said, if a man love me, he will keep my words and my father will love him and we will come to him and make our abode or our home with him. I wrote it out on the side of my uh, margin here. <clears throat> and uh, it says that we will make our special dwelling place with him. Hallelujah. Thank God for that. Amen. Because now we have the indwelling presence of God in us to lead us, to guide us, to show us the way in which we should go. And if God is dwelling in us, and he is, then that is where he's going to speak to us. Okay? It's not going to be, you know, out here somewhere. He's going to speak to us on the inside. How many of you know what I'm talking about? How many of you have known sometimes, you know, on the inside of you, there's just something that you should do? How many of you can attest to that? That's the Holy Ghost. How many of you have done something that you shouldn't do, and then all of a sudden you realize, man, I miss God and I sinned? Absolutely. That's the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. What's he doing? Well, he's convicting us of our sin for one thing. Actually, your spirit is the, the, the thing that's convicting you, you know, and so you have to repent if you've got any sense. Are you listening to me? You know, I don't know about you, but praise God, I want my, my lines of communication with my Heavenly Father wide open. Huh? I don't want anything in the way, praise God. I want to make sure that I'm hearing from heaven. There's too much at stake not to. Are you with me? And a lot of people, they'll just blow it off. Well, you know, this is just the way I want to live, and I want to do what I want to do, and I'm just going to do what I want, you know, whatever, whatever. And you can do that. People do it all the time. And their lives are ruined. They end up being destroyed because of the simple disobedience to the Spirit of God. You know, and again, let me appeal to you. You know, these things that God has done for us, they're not intended to punish. They're intended to bless. I mean, he can keep you out of trouble if you just won't let your flesh be the thing that dominates you. And after all, I mean, really, you know, the context of the Scripture says, walk in the Spirit and you won't fulfill the desires of the what? Flesh. You know, we have all kinds of fleshly desires, but I mean, if you yield to them and you let them be the thing that controls you, then it's going to be a difficult time uh, in Happyville. You with me? But I tell you what, praise God, if you'll learn the way of the Spirit and follow Him, you can be blessed coming in going out. And that's what I want. Amen? I don't want to live my life with anxiety, worry, and care. I don't want to live my life, you know, all stirred up, messed up, you know, because of this, that, and the other. Praise God, I'm going to follow the Holy Ghost. I'm going to live His life. I'm going to do His will. And that way, the blessing of God can rest upon me. Hallelujah. Now, so notice in this verse that we read here in verse 23 one more time, it says that uh, he that loves me will keep my words and my father will love him. And we, he said, he and my father or Jesus and the father will come to this person and make our home with him. So the way he's doing that is in the person of the Holy Spirit, right? That God the Father, Jesus the Son are making their home in us. Glory to God forevermore. All right? So he's going to do that. And the Bible says in uh, uh, 1 Corinthians 3 and 16, you know, Paul was writing there. He said, don't you know that you are the temple of the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit or the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? Know ye not that you are the temple? Now, understand this. Your body isn't the temple of the Holy Ghost. The real you, the spiritual part of your being, is where the Holy Spirit abides. Now, you could say, well, he is in my body. Well, the only reason that he's in your body is because you're in your body. Does that make sense to you? I didn't confuse you, did I? See, we are a spirit. We have a soul, and we live in this body, okay? So this is just the house that you're living in temporarily, huh? Till we all go to heaven. 
You know, the, the Bible talks about in the book of Hebrews when, when uh, uh, it says that um, in burnt offerings and offerings for sin, you have had no pleasure. You know, under the old covenant, they had to do all of that in order to cover the sins of the people. Are you with me? But it goes on to say, it says, but a body you have prepared me. So Jesus was born into this earthbound existence through Mary and through a virgin birth. In other words, there was a body that was prepared for him as the son of God to live in this earth, just like you. You were given as a natural birth. You know, Jesus said you had to be born again. That which is born of the flesh is flesh or naturally, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Hallelujah. So thank God, you know, we have this body that we have the privilege of being able to be a steward of, and and the real us, we live in it. Huh? Come on. And the Holy Spirit lives in us or the real us. Hallelujah. So he's gonna if he's gonna speak to us. He's going to talk to us in here. He bears witness with our spirit, not our body, not our flesh. Come on. It doesn't say the Holy Spirit bears witness with your flesh. It doesn't say that the Spirit bears witness with your your body. No, He bears witness with your spirit that you are the children of God. All right? So, So we need to learn to listen, learn to look to Him. Hallelujah and look for what it is that he has uh, to tell us. And again, he's going to speak to us on the inside. Hallelujah. I told the story before I tell it again. I don't know how come I tell off myself, you know, all these bad stories. But I wanted a 1981 Cutlass Supreme. This thing was beautiful. And, and I fell in love with it. This is pure flesh, okay? Smelled good. It's brand new. General Motors had just come out with this new series of cars. They put a diesel in. Well, they didn't put a diesel in it. They took a 350 and turned it into a diesel, and it was junk. Okay? And so I wanted to buy this car, and my wife says, we shouldn't do this. You know, I thought, dude, Debbie Downer is here. You know? And, and it wasn't that she didn't want me to have the car. She had an intuition or a witness that this was not a good idea. Well, I didn't listen to her. She's my second Holy Ghost, by the way. I got the Holy Ghost and I got her. You know, and I should have listened, but I didn't. We bought the car and it was great. You know, that's the way it is. You know, when you listen to the lie of the devil on the front end, you know, it's all so wonderful and then all hell breaks loose. And that's exactly what happened. We didn't get, I mean, a few thousand miles on this thing and it started having all kinds of problems and it was a nightmare. So I had to repent. Everybody say repent. Yeah, it wasn't her fault. Sure enough, was mine. But that's what we get ourselves into sometimes. Are you listening to me? Well, thank God failure's not fatal. Are you with me? Thank God we can straighten things up. And you know, that was 1981. I've gone on down the road 40 years now. and I'm, It's okay, you know. But I wouldn't make the same mistake again. I said I wouldn't make the same mistake. I'd listen to the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. And thank God for his spirit. You know, there isn't anything that, you know, the Bible says no good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. There isn't anything God doesn't, you know, he's not opposed to you having things. You know, I say it all the time. He's opposed to things having you. He wants you to have it. Hallelujah. You want a better car? He's for it. Huh? But you got to do it his way. You want a better job? He's for it. But you got to do it his way. Are you with me? Amen. And it's so much easier when you do it his way. Uh, I remember one time we were going to buy a piano. Uh, Joan, you know, we just started the church. We need a piano um, player. She became the piano player, but we didn't have a piano at home. And, you know, it's not a lot of money now. I think it was like $1,300, $1,500 or something like that for an upright. So we went into this piano store, and we're looking at all these pianos and different things like that, and we finally land on one. And they, as soon as we landed, they put the full court press on us, baby. I mean, they had salesmen coming out the ears, and they're all wanting to, you know, press this young couple into getting into some kind of a deal that we'd be in debt for like ever. How many of you know what I'm talking about? So I said, well, listen, I said, uh, yeah, we, we, we really do like the piano and things like that, but we're going to go home and pray about it. Dude, you'd have thought I was from another planet. You're going to do what? I said, well, we're going to go home. We don't, you know, we're just going to uh, 
uh, ask God what we should do. Well, that, you know, they, they think you're nuts. So we went home and that's exactly what we did. And we agreed and it seemed good to us and to the Holy Ghost. In other words, we had a witness that we would give them X amount of dollars. I mean, we were being led by the Holy Ghost. We gave them X amount of dollars. I don't know. I think it was $500 and we had $800 that we had to pay or whatever the case might be. And I tell you what, you guys, it was the easiest thing we ever did. I mean, it was not hard. Paid the thing off well in advance and that was the end of it. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. You know, he'll lead you if you listen. Are you with me? And so it's important for us, praise God. You know, and I understand it does take some, oh, I guess you'd say personal discipline, if you want to call it that, you know. I mean, if you're all stirred up about, you know, um, impressing everybody around you because of what it is that you have, you're in trouble, dude. Yeah, because people so often buy stuff that they can't afford, that they don't need to impress people they don't like, huh? And then you got 99 years that you're going to pay for it. Are you listening to me? Huh? I mentioned this story. I'll just tell you, you know, uh, we were praying about some different things toward the end of the year. And my truck's got, it's a four-year-old truck, and, and, uh, but it's a nice truck and everything like that. And I was, I was thinking about trading it. And I had checked in the spring and they, you know, wanted all kinds of money. And, and so I decided, now I don't need to do that. Usually around Christmas time is when we buy our cars because you can usually get a better deal, even in January or something like that, because everybody just, I mean, Christmas has pounded everybody, and the last thing they're thinking about is buying another car. So these guys are hungry, okay? And But I was thinking about it. We were talking about it. I said, you know, honey, uh, uh, I, I, uh, we could do this, you know, and, but I said, if I, if I just kept driving the truck, then we could take care of this and this, pay these things off, wouldn't have any debt, and then we could just start storing up our nuts and start working towards actually buying the thing for cash. So that's what we decided to do. And I paid off one little thing. I had, we had bought a tractor about four years ago, and uh, I paid the tractor off. Instead of buying the truck, you know, instead of taking the money, you know, down to, you know, Joe's I've got a deal for you place. Um, I just took the money and paid the tractor off. Okay. So now I don't have to, you know, come up with however much, you know, it is every month on that. Why? Because it's paid for. And so I can take that, I can parlay that against, you know, whatever it is that I got going on in the future so that I have it and it don't have me. Are you with me? So, you know, if you're in that situation, it doesn't hurt sometimes, you know, to, 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 uh, you know, think in these terms, sometimes it's a good idea to get rid of what you got. I don't know. Everybody's situation is different. Are you listening to me? You know, because you can, you, sometimes things can get to a place of diminishing return. I mean, you, you need to do something, and that's a whole other story, uh, not for tonight. <clears throat> but uh, um, we're talking about the fact that, you know, if he's dwelling in us, and he is, he'll guide us. God, what do you want me to do about this? And then have sense enough not to get anxious and, and feel like you have to make a decision. The devil always pushes people into stuff that they have no business being in. Are you listening to me? And if you don't have peace, don't do it. Huh? Now, people, you know, they'll, they'll get all revved up about it because you're not making the decision. But I tell you what, I'd rather have God's plan than mine. Are you with me? And so we do have to, you know, spend time before him, you know, and, 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 and figure out what that is. But you get the point, don't you? Y'all glad you came? We still got nine minutes. Glory to God. So <clears throat> how can you develop, how can you learn uh, um, or develop your, your spirit or, or train your human spirit to, to look to him? And I'll give you four ways that you can do that. If you want to write these down, the first one is simple but just meditate in the word. Take time to meditate in the word. What do, I, what do I mean by that? I mean, open up your Bibles in the Gospels or maybe in the Epistles or whatever and read a particular story or context and then think about it. Meditate on it, all right? Because the entrance of his word gives light. He always leads in line with his word. So if I learn the word of God, 
if I learn what the Bible has to say, if I get knowledge of the Word of God, then it just helps me to be able to make good decisions. Are you with me? So the number one thing that you can do is just take time. Give yourself permission to just meditate in the Word. Hallelujah. Number two, you know, the way that we can develop our spirit is by practicing the Word. James says, don't be a hearer of the Word only, but doer of the Word. Doer of the Word. Number three, give the Word of God. This is a way that we can, we can develop our spirit is by giving the Word first place. What do I mean by that? There's a story in the Old Testament about Jehoshaphat that had made an alliance with a, with a corrupt king, essentially. And they were going to go to battle. This corrupt king was going to go to battle. And he says, your hand with me? And he says, I'm, you know, my, my, my hand is your hand. But he said, you know, maybe we ought to inquire of the Lord and see what he has to say about this. And so uh, the, the corrupt king says, no problem. Let me get him. So he gets his, his 400, you know, uh, false prophets, and they all prophesy, oh, king, live forever, baby, you got it, go after it. Well, you know, Josaphat picked up on that right away. He said, these, he didn't say this, but paraphrase, these guys are a bunch of clowns. He said, don't you have a real prophet? And this corrupt king said, yeah, his name is, I don't remember what his name was, AI, I don't know, some, some name. And he says, but every time that he comes and prophesies, he always prophesies evil upon me. And so Jehoshaphat says, I think we ought to ask him to come. And so sure enough, he comes down. You know, they go and get him, said the king wants you, and this and that and the other. And, and uh, he and the king, they didn't get along. You know, light and darkness don't get along. Righteousness and unrighteousness don't get along. Huh? So he comes on down there, of course, you know, and, and uh, they tell him the story. And he begins to mock them. Mainly, he actually mocks the king. He says, oh, yeah, and you know, you ought to do that. You know, you ought to just go on down. And, and basically, the long and the short of it is, he said, if you go down there, you'll get destroyed. Well, they did it anyway. But God was merciful to Jehoshaphat because at least he had enough sense to inquire of the Lord, so he was spared. Are you listening to me? You know? So when I talk to you about, you know, you know, putting the word of uh, God first place in this number three point by giving the word for, uh, you know, if, you're, if we don't give God's word first place, what's that mean? That means that, you know, a son, attend to my word, incline your ear, bow your ear down to my sayings, keep them in the midst of your heart because they are life to those that find them and they will be health to all your flesh. Huh? So we put the word first. What's the word say? And then finally, uh, number four, is um, the way that we develop our spirit is by instantly obeying the voice of your spirit. When he speaks to you, do it. Are you listening to me? Are you listening to the wind? Blowing it. Instantly obey the voice of your spirit. I'll tell you why, because if you don't, you'll probably talk yourself out of it. And we've all been there. The Holy Ghost will come and say, why don't you go talk to them about me? Um, really? Right now? No, not a, not a good time. How many of you know that when he asks us to do something, he already knows for you it's not a good time? But for some reason or another, he still asks you. And I would like to suggest to you that if we would do what he said, he would make up the inconvenience. How many of you believe that? So we just need to be available to him so that, praise God, when the opportunity comes, we can do it. Glory to God. Now, uh, just to close here in just these few minutes that we have, talking about developing your spirit. Again, meditate in the word, practice the word, give the word first place, and then instantly obey the voice of your spirit. Now, three of the four deal with the word of God in terms of helping you to be able to develop yourself in this. But let me talk to you about what is not God, okay? What is not God or what is not the Spirit of God? And the, the two things that I'd like to suggest to you is, number one, what is not God is fear. Huh? The opposite of faith is what? Fear, okay? Now, the Bible says in 2 Timothy, we'll go quick here, we won't go there, but you can look at it. You know, here's, here's a young man, Timothy, dude, and he, he is, he's up against it. And he's got some real, real bad problems 
going on within the church that was at Ephesus. And so Paul wrote this letter to him to encourage him. And he says, you know, when I call to remembrance the faith that was in your your mother Lois and your grandmother Eunice, he says, I know it's in you too. And so he just, you know, he's trying to build him up in this in this moment where he's just, matter of fact, Timothy's life was taken on a street that I, my wife and I walked on in Ephesus. He was, he became a martyr, you know, for the sake of the gospel. And, uh, but in this moment, Paul is trying to encourage him and he says, and he goes on and he talks about, you know, this faith that he has that he knows is genuine and real. And he said, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. So when you're, you know, troubled in your mind, praise God, that's a good verse of scripture, especially if it's fear that drives it, you know? I tell you what, praise God, we need to shake fear off into the fire. Are you listening to me? I mean, if if you sense that this fear is trying to crawl on you, it's the time, praise God, to run to him. Are you listening to me? Because it's not the spirit of God. And what that fear is intended to do is get you to react. Come on. You know, in a, in a negative kind of way, make a decision or make a move or something of that nature that, that isn't from heaven. So thank God, thank God, thank God, thank God for the Holy Ghost because he can keep us in those times where our life is concerned. Another thing that's not God or the Spirit of God is confusion. So if you're confused, you know, stirred up, that's, that's not God. Are you with me? You know, and, and what a lot of times happens is, is the devil will hone in on something in our lives and he just starts pounding away, pounding away, pounding away. You know, something that ain't right, something that ain't right. That's not right. They shouldn't that. They, you know, he just pounds away. Well, you got to know that's not from heaven. I said, you got to know that. So what do you do? Well, praise God. The first thing you do is you resist the temptation to buy into the lie that is trying to get you to move in a derogatory or a negative kind of way. Hallelujah. Therefore, resist the devil and he will what? Flee from you. Hallelujah. But you're the one that does the resisting. God's not going to do it for you. Praise God. You just got to say, you know what? I know better than this. I know the truth about the word of God and I resist this in the name of Jesus. You know, I, there's been times, you know, when stuff's come on me, you know, come against me, you know, in my thought life and different things. And dude, I'll wait like two days, three days. And finally, finally, everybody say finally, finally, I get a clue. I mean, what am I doing, man? This guy's using my head for a, you know, an anvil. And so finally, I, I say, devil, in the name of Jesus, I rebuke you and I come against this lie. In Jesus' name. And guess what? It leaves. Wow. Are you with me? Now, 1 Corinthians 14, 33. For God is not the author of what? You don't know? You should know. God's not the author of confusion, but of peace. Are you with me? So, and it really doesn't matter what you're talking about. If you're talking about interpersonal relationships with people and there's all kinds of consternation, there's all kinds of confusion, there's all this if it's in married relationship and it's the same way, it's not God. Pretty simple. huh? God's not the author of confusion, but of peace. Thank God we can be possessed of peace. But again, you know, you have to, you have to understand, well... <clears throat> You know, in talking about this, God's not the author of confusion. Listen to this. James says that where there's envy and strife, there is what? Confusion and every evil work. So envy and strife become the uh, uh, methods or the devices that Satan or the God of this world attempts to use to cause you to become confused about this, that, or the other. So really, you know, it's, I mean, all you got to do is think about it for a moment and say, you know, is this, is there strife in this situation? Is there envy in this situation? Is there jealousy in this, you know, in this situation? This ain't God. Huh? Because all of that stuff does nothing but cause or breed confusion. And when you get confused, dude, you don't know which way is up. 
Are you with me? You know, when people are flying, we've learned this before, but when people are flying, if you're not an instrument-rated pilot and you fly into a cloud, within 90 seconds, actually, they I don't know how they do this, but they figured out in 87 seconds, you won't know whether you're flying upside down, right side up, or anything. And the reason is, is because when you fly into a cloud, you have no reference. You don't know where the horizon is, okay? Because everything looks the same. And, you know, they call it spatial disorientation where you can actually, you know, the plane will start going like this and you don't feel it. You think you're still cruising along. And then what will then happen is, is that all of a sudden you have this feeling and it tells you one thing, but it's exactly the opposite. So what we learn when we become instrument-rated Christians, or Christians, yeah, pilots, is that when you fly into uh, the clouds, your eyes go immediately to the panel. And if you don't believe what those instruments are telling you, dude, you're going in the, in the crick. You know what I'm saying? Okay? And that's the same thing with being, you know, a child of God. I mean, you, I mean you've got what you need. This is the panel. And if you'll just listen to it and obey it and do it, even though you feel, you know, this, or you feel that, or you feel the other, you know, man, your emotions, man, they can, they can jack with you in a major kind of way. How many of you know what I'm talking about? But thank God the Bible didn't say for as many as are led by their emotions, they are the children of God. No, it said for as many as are led by the spirit of God, they're the sons of God. Are you with me? So don't let confusion, don't let fear be the things that are driving you. And again, you know, you're not in despair. Did you hear me? I mean, if you're a child of God, there is no despair. There's no, oh God, what am I going to do? You got him. And, And he's for you in the situation. The Bible says that he knows what things you have need of before you even ask him. So he's your partner. Huh? And, and so if we'll just go to him, we'll look to him and we'll trust him and rely on him. Hallelujah. He can bring us out, praise God, into the clear blue sky. Amen. And be blessed as a result of following the inward witness of the Spirit of God. Amen.